Hi there, and welcome once again to Warriors Lax Chat. I'm Scott Squires, and pleased to be joined once again by the head coach of the Mi'kmaq Warriors who play in the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. It's Coach Brendan Smithson. Good morning, Coach. How are you doing this morning? I am doing excellent, sir. It's nice to see the sun and feel a little bit warmer weather than we've been used to the last little bit here in June. That's what I was just about to say. It's nice to have some warmer weather for once (laughs) after a few cold days. It sure is. We'll take it. So uh, lots to talk about on this episode of Warriors Lax Chat. Uh, Let's get it going by talking about your most recent game. Uh, You made a trip up to Shearwater and took on uh, the top team in the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League, the Dartmouth Bandits. Uh, What can you tell us about the game, Coach? Uh, A a game of um, two two different uh, sides to our team. Uh, You know, we we came out really strong and uh, finished the first period uh, down 4-3. You know, we actually started the game down 3-0 and uh, offense uh, returned the favor and got it back to 4-3 and felt really confident going in the room. And um, unfortunately, in the second period, the the wheels fell off a little bit and uh, Dartmouth was able to take quite advantage of that and... uh, you know, I think in, uh, when you're playing the top team and, and uh, goals start going in, and especially in that heat that it was on Tuesday, uh, the frustration from our boys escalated and, and we weren't able to stop the run. And then in the third period, we actually tied them. So uh, we've been, we're very solid in the first and third. We've had, you know, the last couple of games had some struggles in the second, which is what we've been talking about. Um, but overall, we, you know, other than the second period, we're really happy with the way our guys played. Um, the offense finally started to find themselves and, and uh, get a lot of opportunities. Not all of them went in, but quite a few did. Um, and the defense was solid against one of the best offenses in the league uh, most of the time. And um, we actually took the play to them in the first and third, which is something that uh, is really important for us instead of just hanging back. And it, it shows that we can play with our team. We just need to put together a full 60 minutes, which is uh, what we've been focusing on. Well, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth because in uh, previous podcasts that we've done when we've discussed uh, the games of the Mi'kmaq Warriors, they it seems that there's one section of the game, whether it's a part of a period or a full period, where things kind of go off the rails a little bit. Uh, what is the message to the team about not getting frustrated in terms of not being able to put together a full 60 minutes? Because to your point, some real good positives, but it's got to be a little frustrating for the team when they're looking at it and, and probably thinking that, how do we put a full 60 minutes together? What's your message to the team after a game like that? You know, I, I know it's very frustrating for our players. Um, you know, they, they've echoed it to us as coaches is that it, it's very challenging. Uh, right now with our team, it, it's, a, it's a definite mental piece um, in the fact that, you know, this there's been quite a few games over the past four years where we've had a good first period and then the team gets a couple goals and then all of a sudden it, it escalates in, into um, more than that and sometimes 10 or more. And um, I think what happens is they, they get very nervous and very um, tight once a few go in and, and it's really hard to break that mold. Um, they're getting nervous that the game's going to get out of control and they just need to calm down and, and relax and stick together as a unit. Um, I thought that, you know, them coming out, our big positive that we mentioned to them is in every game that has happened, the third period, you guys have come back out and, and played strong. You didn't quit. You came together as a team. Um, we just need to um, be able to move forward when the runs happen. And, you know, we, we explained to them now that uh, runs are part of the cross. You know, part of the game is teams are going to go on three and four goal runs. That's part of what it is. 
um, that we need to believe and trust in our offense and our defense. That when we get scored, scored on a few times, the offense is going to get it back, and that's okay. Um, you know, lacrosse is not a game where you're going to see a shutout. Um, our usual goal is to try to keep the, off the, the score below 10 and score more than 10. So that's where we continue to focus on, and when one goes in, you need to just figure out what we did wrong and let's move forward and m work on the next shift or the next play so that we can get back in the game and believe that the guys at the other end, whether offense or defense, are going to make that play to make the difference. And we've seen that. There's been a few times where, um, you know, the offense is, has lost the ball and there's been a breakaway and our goal in defense have made them sensational saves. And a couple of times the defense let one in that, you know, normally they stopped and then the offense was right back in the slide. So they really fed off each other and, and, and trusted. But when the runs start to happen, it's been notorious for us. And um, they just struggled to get through that. Um, but it's something that we're really preaching on that they are returning in the third period. And we just need to tighten up that window. And uh, we're almost there. So we're really believing in our team and, and proud of the way they play. So we're, we're keeping the, the focus on the positives and um, trying to figure out what, uh, what are the words and what are the little changes that we can do to help move them forward when it happens. And certainly in-game adjustments are one thing when you're in the midst of a, a live game and you're adjusting on the fly to things that are happening. That's one thing. But obviously as a coaching staff, it's practice where you really get to kind of hone in and zero in on the things that as a coaching staff you want to work on with your team. As you mentioned, certainly some positives to take away from that game on the road against the Bandits. But at your practice this week, what were some things that you and the coaching staff really worked on with your team and really tried to hammer home? Well, one of the things that we changed up a little bit in practice is uh, as the coaching staff, we had a little conversation and, and wondered if part of the challenges is it seems to be the runs happen when um, there's a change in, in kind of the game. We all of a sudden go to four on four. We all of a sudden get a power play. We all of a sudden get a short man. Um, those kind of situations happen and, and either a goal scored or goal scored against. And then we, we kind of, we can't pull out of that. And so in this practice that, um, you know, I think it was six times throughout the practice, uh, we blew the whistle and all of a sudden went to power play short for two minutes and then went back to the drill. Um, and trying to simulate more of a game style situation instead of like a, a set offense um, and then run some four on four and five on five the same way. So they get used to going back and forth between each and that goals are going to happen and then we just keep moving forward. Um, so that was what we tried to focus on in practice to kind of move out of their heads. Um, we really did talk about the idea of, um, you know, just keep moving forward and keep working together and being there for each other and keeping the message positive, which our team has always been very good about keeping the message positive on the bench. Um, and so that's where we focused on. Um, the other piece that we did a lot of was loose balls because the last time we played the Hurricanes, um, they're a very, very fast team. Um, and you really need to be strong in your body position. Um, and making sure that we're able to um, protect the ball while we pick it up because they will get there very quick. Um, and then the last piece was our breakouts. So the last time we played the Hurricanes, they ended up scoring 10 goals on us in the second period. So we wanted to make sure that we added a lot of pressure and get, get them to focus on making those correct passes and the reads while they're under pressure. Now, before we get to look ahead to what's coming up this weekend, because it is a big weekend, not only for the Mi'kmaq Warriors, but certainly for lacrosse at Colchester Legion Stadium. But there's something else special that uh, we want to talk about as well. So I'm going to change up the format just a little bit here because I know uh, we've been profiling and doing player profiles uh, the okay. last number of weeks. So before we get uh, a look ahead to what's coming up this weekend and your matchup and, and the special event on Friday night, 
what player do you have for us this week to take a look at and a profile, Coach? Jeez, uh, throwing, that, throwing me off on the schedule there. <laughs> All good. Um, so this week I just wanted to talk about uh, another one of our um, – our defensive players. Um, this week, uh, we want to talk about Michael Nolan. Uh, so Michael Nolan is in his second year with us. Um, last year, he played, uh, he was one of our affiliate players and played down in intermediate most of the year and was called up at the end. Um, and this year, he was one of the uh, full members of our team and, and part of our defense. So uh, Michael Nolan is a Truro native and is, is growing up playing all of his lacrosse in Truro. Um, he's one of the smaller kids on our team and um, you know, in a physical stature, he, he would be pound for pound one of the smaller ones. He kind of aligns with McKenzie in size-wise. Um, but Michael Nolan is that one kid who um, gives 120% every shift, every practice. Um, he is probably the one guy that every one of our offense hates playing against in practice because it doesn't matter if it's practice. Throwing the ball off the wall, he always gives 120% in preparing you for this week and, and preparing for the game. So, um, his work ethic and uh, commitment to our game is phenomenal. Um, he's one of those guys that if, if you said, Mikey, I need you to sit for the whole third period, he would do whatever is best for the team. Team is first in his mind, and all he wants to do is be the best that he can for the team. So um, this year he's played a much bigger role for us. He's really moved up in our defensive side and has fallen in our, our top ten unit every game uh, and been one of our better players on the floor. He's not, again, not a, not a flashy player, um, but his loose ball and ball control has uh, significantly improved in his second year and really found his spot with his team and, and his spot with the, uh, with the Warriors. He, um, he's a great guy in the dressing room. He's always laughing out there and having a great time and creating a lighter mood for everybody, uh, which is important when you're in a stressful situation. Um, and he's just one of those players that you love to have as a coach and he just works so hard. Uh, I know everyone he's playing against him because he, he never quits no matter what's going on. And uh, that's a lot of things that everybody hates to play against, but it's the kind of players that you like to have in your team and, and you can definitely build around. And we're excited for him this year and excited to see what future he brings to the Warriors because he's definitely a huge part of this defense and uh, and just learning as he moves forward. He's the kid who probably asks you 50 questions in practice, but as we say, we'd always rather ask a question than not sure what to do. Sounds like he's definitely a great addition to the team. And, and having a player like that, not only on the floor, but as you said, that can kind of lighten the mood during practice or in the dressing room, so important. You mentioned he's a, a local product from around uh, the Truro area. Uh, where did he play his uh, ball before uh, the Mi'kmaq Warriors? Did he come up through the uh, Truro lacrosse system? Yeah, he came up through the Truro minor system. Um, you know, he, he's a big proponent of playing all types of lacrosse. So he played in Truro minor um, all the way up. He's also played some field lacrosse. Um, down in Halifax. Um, his dad is a uh, teacher at CEC and been part of uh, developing a CEC lacrosse team um, that has played in the turkey shoot the last couple of years in field lacrosse. And, uh, you know, Mikey's been a leader in trying to make that happen with his, with his dad, which has been great to see. Um, he just loves playing the game, whether it's throwing the ball around uh, inside or out. Um, wherever there's an opportunity for Mikey to play, he will, he will definitely be there. Um, you know, the field lacrosse league, which runs in the fall, um, has only played in Halifax. They have a practice once a week and then a game on the weekend. Uh, and Mikey has no problem driving up and down and uh, just wants to be there as part of the team. So um, it's exciting to see the work he's done. And you can see as he built the CEC lacrosse team to play in the, the Turkey Shoot tournament two years ago, um, you know, just 
how much work he puts into this just to give opportunities for more kids to play. And it, it's a great leadership quality um, that I know people on the team really enjoy having him around and, and makes a big difference. Well, it's great to get to know the players that are part of the Mi'kmaq Warriors. And uh, Mike Nolan and the rest of the Warriors, a big game coming up. Kind of, if you look at the standings right now, you guys are actually in a pretty good position because in terms of games played, the Mi'kmaq Warriors have played the fewest games in the league. So you got a couple of games to make up uh, on the team that's ahead of you, the New Brunswick Mavericks. Uh, as we know, the Dartmouth Bandits uh, leading the way 8-0. But uh, 3, 4, and 5, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, Coach, uh, only two points separating third place and fifth place. And as I mentioned, you guys got a couple of games in hand over the Mavericks. A big matchup coming up Friday night. You're finally back at home playing in the friendly confines of Colchester Legion Stadium. Uh, what can you tell us about your preparation and keys for you guys to get on the winning track again against the Hurricanes on Friday? Well, I know being at home is definitely where we've been missing quite a bit. So I know myself and the coaches and the players are very excited to be back at home. Um, you know, having the fan support behind us is always important and helps us with those runs and, and we've done we've done very well at home so we're really excited to be back again um you know our biggest piece that we're really watching on the the hurricanes are a very quick team especially off face off and wanting to control um, that situation within the game and um, our biggest focus is around the second period and making sure that we, we focus and, and play solid within that second period and trying to do a few things different in the dressing room between the first and second period to make sure that everybody's on the same page and focused and ready to go. I know uh, we challenged our players to think of what, what we can do to improve uh, our start in the second period, and they come up with some things. So we're going to try a few new different things this week uh, based on their recommendations to uh, see if we can we can improve that second period. Um, you know, watching the game tape from the last time we played the Hurricanes, um, they got a lot of loose balls on us that, um, you know, they as soon as that ball hits the ground, there's like three of them right after it, and they're very quick. Uh, we need to have that reaction time as well, and that's what we've been really preaching to our guys, um, that that's what we need. We also spoke about how the last time we played them, I understand it was a frustrating game, but you take out that one second period, and we have a tie game. So we can play with these guys, uh, understand where the standings are. We've also been preaching to our guys exactly what you said. They're two points away from third place. And the only reason that Sackville is sitting in that place right now is because they got an upset against the Hurricanes. So an upset is going to make the difference between being in fourth and being in third in this league. And uh, there's a great opportunity for us at home to be able to try to make that upset um, and, and make, a, make a great statement in front of our fans and on a special night for us. Um, that would really mean a lot to our players moving forward. And as you said, we're at that point now of the playoff push. So we're, we're really trying to push that these are the big games. we got a couple of games in hand, and we like to take advantage of them when we have them. Well, not only a big game Friday night involving the Mi'kmaq Warriors, but in terms of the standings, another really big game on Saturday afternoon, not involving the Warriors, but it's going to be in Truro at Colchester Legion Stadium because of a scheduling hiccup. What can you tell us about the matchup? So some bonus lacrosse in Truro on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, one of the things with, uh, so there was a, just to start off, there was a conflict uh, with Moncton, and uh, there is a tournament in Moncton this weekend for the minor lacrosse, and uh, um, the Mavericks thought they had the floor booked, and unfortunately due to the number of teams in the tournament, they were unable to accommodate them on short notice, um, you know, with the change. And so 
we thought a, a neutral site brand was the best way to make it work, and so Truro has been the option to where they're going to play the game. What's always interesting about the Mavericks is the Mavericks um, always seem to be a different team at home than they are on the road. You can always see it in the record over the past couple of years. They get a lot more wins at home than they do on the road. Um, and I think that's partly because of the amount of travel they have to do. And, you know, as same as anyone else, being in the confines of your own home is really helpful. Um, when you look at the Dartmouth Bandit side, when they're in Shearwater, they're almost unbeatable. I think they've lost two games since they've moved to Shearwater in their whole career. Um, and it has been a different team when they've played the Mavericks on the road. As everybody knows, they are a different and stronger team. So it will be interesting to see what happens in a game that's in a neutral site. Um, you know, the Bandits are, are right now unbeaten, as you mentioned, and I know are really hoping to keep that unbeaten streak going for the season. And the Mavericks are in a similar position to us, that they know one upset is going to make the difference of making the playoffs or not. Um, and they know they have some big games against us coming up, and they would like to – find a little bit of breathing room in there. So I know you're going to see a very strong Mavericks team come out of the gate. Um, and Dartmouth, uh, you know, is, is going to be coming out strong. So I think you're going to see a very close matchup. Um, the first time these two met, it was, uh, it was a 16-4 game. But the last time, I believe, it was uh, a little closer than that. Um, and, you know, the same with Dartmouth when they play off. They seem to get on a run and it's hard to break. But uh, the last couple of games, the – the Wolves have held the Mavericks down, and so is the Hurricanes. So, um, you know, maybe some teams are seeing some uh, holes in, in the, the Bandits that they can take advantage of. And, uh, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what the Mavericks come out with, uh, especially being in kind of a neutral site game in the middle. Well, that's going to be uh, an exciting day on Saturday for sure. Uh, what time does that game get underway at Colchester Legion Stadium on Saturday? That game gets underway at uh, 5 o'clock uh, in the Colchester Legion Stadium. And if you're, you know, having a slow day, there is also actually some peewee games um, before that. 1 o'clock and uh, I believe it's 11. Um, that includes the Valley, uh, Cape Breton, and Truro. Um, there's a peewee league that uh, we've, uh, we've created across Nova Scotia that doesn't inc- is outside Metro. And uh, this is their final weekend before their playoffs. And I could got to tell you, the standings of that is, is a lot tighter than the ECJHR right now. With I think it's uh, four points separating first to fourth. So quite interesting to see those teams play. And everybody has at least two wins, so it's exciting to see. Well, a couple of days of fantastic lacrosse action taking place right here in Truro at Colchester Legion Stadium. I would encourage folks that are in the area, and even if you need to make the trip in, to come out and take in some great lacrosse action in Truro. And I should mention as well, the cafeteria that's there, the fries that they have, and the uh, Colchester Stadium Poutine coach, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, one of the challenges has been not getting our players to eat that before the game, because <laughs> um, everybody enjoys it. Uh, we, I think we have to put an order in about halfway through the second to make sure they have it when the game's over. But uh, it is one of the special parts of Colchester is uh, that cafeteria. And anybody who's gone to the high school at D.C. knows, because they have it open during lunch hours, and they come over and and have lots of it. So it's uh, it's a really nice atmosphere. It's great to see the arena and the town of Truro such supportive of uh, our junior A lacrosse. I second that for sure. Now, we've talked about the lacrosse action, but what, something else that happens quite often in the world of sports is that sporting events have a way of connecting with local communities on other things that are important to the community. That is certainly the case in Truro on Friday night, Prior to your game, Friday evening at Colchester Legion Stadium against the Hurricanes, a very special and important event 
taking place. Uh, Coach, what can you tell us about what's going to be happening Friday night? Um, so just to start, uh, um, you know, as a lacrosse team uh, and being the only um, Indigenous team within within the ECJHL, we have always prided ourselves on, um, you know, having our, our, um, our players be um, leaders of our stewards of their own culture and bring some awareness to some Indigenous issues. Uh, we've done such things as mental health and other pieces. And on Friday night, um, you know, we wanted to um, bring awareness to an issue that is a national issue uh, on murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. Um, it's an issue that's across Canada, uh, and the numbers are, are staggering, and uh, we felt it was important to, to bring light to, um, to this kind of an issue, and, and it's important to our players. Um, you know, the issue is, is wider than just Indigenous communities, and, and it's not very well known, and we think it's important that our kids are, are leaders in, in sharing this awareness and uh, being, part, being stewards of their own culture, as I mentioned. And so um, before the game, we're going to have an opening ceremony, so uh, we've given, given permission to uh, use the uh, logo for uh, Murder and Missing Indigenous Women, and we've created a patch um, which will be put on our um, jerseys for this game and the remainder of the season, uh, honoring uh, murdered and missing Indigenous women and uh, bringing awareness to it. There will be, um, from the, the logo for anybody who hasn't seen it, is, is around a red dress. Um, and so that the, we'll have uh, red dresses hung around the arena and there will be um, a, a choir singing before, as well as some regalia out on the previous, before the game starts. And the um, corporal, or sorry, the sergeant, uh, from Truro, who um, is, is Indigenous, is, is coming out to present the patch to uh, one of our players and do the ceremonial opening face-off um, in honour of that. It, it's a great honour to connect uh, the communities together and have uh, the Truro police be so supportive and um, all police officers across Canada be so supportive in this issue and helping us bring awareness to this. Um, it's always amazing when we do something around this uh, murder missing indigenous women to mental health and how much the community rallies around this and, and supports us in bringing this together. These events are, you know, everybody sees them and, and you know, looks at them and it's, it may only be a, a 10 or 20 minute thing, but the amount of hours that go in behind the scenes from our executive, from the community, uh, from the local media um, to, you know, the police department and others is, is astounding. And it, it's amazing, as you said, to see in sports, uh, people will rally around such issues and the impact that we can have beyond just the sports um, within the world is amazing. And I know I'm proud of our players for all the work that they do within that. Um, you know, just to speak on some of the work they've done, you know, before the league started, uh, there was no Indigenous team within the league. And now as part of the, the league, they are required to, all teams are required to acknowledge Mi'kmaq territory. There's now an Indigenous director on the ECGHL board and they play the Mi'kmaq Honor Song at our road games, which has never happened before this season. Um, I know, I really believe that the impact of this comes from our players being stewards of their culture. And when other teams have asked questions about what that song is or what the flag is on their um, jerseys, they're, they're honored in explaining their culture to others. And the league has been just accepting of um, acknowledging that. And it's been a great honor as both of the additions that they've added to the league was actually motions by other teams, which really speaks a lot to the impact our players are making across uh, Nova Scotia. Well, it's certainly a, a very important issue, and uh, I certainly applaud you, uh, the players, and the league for having this event on Friday night to bring attention to it. And on a personal note, 
When I first started in broadcasting, I was stationed in Sydney, Nova Scotia, of course, member to First Nation, uh, very big right there in Sydney, as well as other First Nations communities in Cape Breton. And since I've lived here in Truro, quite obviously, uh, Millbrook First Nation plays such a, a huge role. And uh, there's one thing that is evidently clear. It's just how proud that these young people are of their culture and of being Indigenous and of being a part of First Nations. So uh, again, Coach, uh, I certainly applaud you on a personal level. And for those wondering about the scheduling and when everything kind of gets going on Friday night from the ceremony to the start of the game, what's that schedule look like on Friday? Uh, that's a good question. And so what we're planning on doing is the, the warm-up for the, the two teams will start at about 7.20 and be about half an hour. Uh, and then the pregame ceremonies, which will have both teams on the floor, will start at about or sorry, 7.55. Um, so just about five minutes before the start of the game, and there'll be about a 10-minute delay from the official first drop of uh, the official opening face-off of the game to make sure all the ceremonies are included. Um, and I know for a lot of our players, it's quite an emotional night for them, um, and we're really honored to be able to support everyone together. So, so the opening ceremony starts at 7:55, and then the game will be it'll be about 15 minutes, um, and then from there it will be 8:10 uh, to start of the game. The game is um, usually there's an entry fee for our games, but for this night, um, what we're asking for is a donation at the door, and the donation will go to the local chapter of Murder to Missing Indigenous Women, um, which is a great uh, a great piece for us. We've done this through a few other things, and it really means a lot. Um, so anything that uh, can do to help out, we're there to support. So um, yeah, so it's, we're hoping for a big crowd and hoping for a lot of support, and it's going to be a very exciting night for ourselves and it's great to actually I also have to acknowledge the hurricanes and um, you know allowing this delay and uh, being part of this um, you know when we first picked this day as the day that we were going to do this I reached out to the hurricanes coach just to say this is what we'd like to do and his first reply was we're honored to be part of this and whatever you need we're here for you so um, it's great to see the support around the league um, for what we're trying to do and uh, it means a lot to our team I know that um, and it's great to see the support going across Nova Scotia. Well, Coach, it's certainly a very big weekend of lacrosse in Truro, not only for the Mi'kmaq Warriors, but for the other teams involved as well, but also a very important weekend around lacrosse as you are having this ceremony uh, and this uh, event on Friday night to bring awareness to murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. We can thank you enough for taking part again in uh, Warriors Lax Chat, Coach. We certainly wish you lots of luck with your game. And uh, again, congratulations on uh, a wonderful event and ceremony that's going to be taking place Friday night. Uh, again, a tip of the cap uh, to you, to the players, and certainly to the league. Thank you very much. All right, Coach. Well, again, good luck this weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on Friday. We'll see you then. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. That was Coach Brendan Smithson from the Mi'kmaq Warriors. They play in Toronto, Nova Scotia at Colchester Legion Stadium. They've got a big game coming up on Friday night against the Halifax Hurricanes and then a neutral site game of bonus lacrosse fans in the Toronto area uh, Saturday at 5 p.m. at Colchester Legion Stadium. It will be the NB Mavericks taking on the Dartmouth Band. It's a big game in the standings for all involved. And again, a reminder, a very special night on Friday night as there will be a ceremony prior to that Warriors-Hurricanes game. Again, a special night to bring awareness 
to murdered and missing indigenous women and girls. I would encourage you to attend and support this very important cause. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Warriors Lax Chat on Big Game Sports Radio. I'm Scott Squires. Enjoy your day. And remember, friends, until next time, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now. <laughs>